Welcome to Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and guest co-host Kelly Wagner from The Being Curious Show is in studio with the brilliant Kim Witzek, who is a leading global safety drug advocate. It's a title she never exactly wanted to have, but, excuse me, has definitely earned. And um, she's here in studio to share a conversation with us about how some of our most difficult moments in life can be what calls our spirit forward and what helps our soul grow. And I think uh, as we approach Woody's 20th anniversary on August 6th of 2023 at this recording of the show, it's a very poignant time to have that. And so in studio with us energetically is also her late husband, Woody. Hi, Woody. That's Kelly. <laughs> Welcome, Kim. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> he wants to reiterate that you need to go shopping for the Birkenstocks. <laughs> I know. I like. I still can't believe. Are I, you like a Von Mar Nordstrom girl? Like he's showing me. Nordstrom. Like you, yeah, he's showing me shopping in yeah. Nordstrom. That's where I found these yeah. rose gold ones. Ten like eight years ago, but when they first came out, I was literally obsessed with them, and I had to find them. I didn't care where I found them and how much I had to pay for them. So now you can find them everywhere. So Nordstrom. So in, in the episode three show, we talk about Woody's Birkenstocks. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to that, uh, go back, go back and listen for sure. But yeah. Uh, so Kelly, what does Woody want to, besides the Birkenstocks message, does he have another message for Kim around spirit and soul growth? Oh, okay. Yeah. Now he's like, it's all coming in. You know, um, <laughs> Yeah. He's so proud of you. Like, right. Totally. Um, he's and please, please. Anything mm -hmm. that you get, like, I just, I just, um, it's the big girl title that came from him, not me. Like, right. That just, that now he's showing me like handing him the baton. I'm sorry. It's coming in like bursts. I'm not doing like a real fluid. Cause I yes. wasn't, didn't think I was going to be reading today, but like, right. <laughs> but he just, he's I'll like, take it. he's like, he's handing the baton, but I want to, I want to say see like a football, like, touchdown like mm -hmm. did he like football yeah he liked sports he's yeah. a sports guy was he has he been gone longer than you were together is, are you guys getting i'm seeing the teeter-totter that he's almost now been gone longer than you oh. were together oh for sure okay, like okay. yeah so we were together a total of 13 years yeah but i feel like he's still here in this weird way but he's, he's like not, i'm just in the other room he's yeah. definitely he a showed me Patrick. Yeah, yeah he's just yeah and then when you said pass the baton, yeah, I kind of feel like it because of who I was before Wood died, uh -huh. I would never have done this. No. Like he was the one that did all of this type of, and I say all of this, meaning the advocacy, he would always, he'd be fighting and they were going to put two cell phone towers in our neighborhood. And he was like, let's go get the neighbors to sign a petition and I'll go down to city council. I'm like, what? Like, why would you do that? It's such a waste of time. Like you'll never beat city council. It's too big, you know, cell phone companies. And he said, I'd rather try like hell and lose than do nothing at all. And I'm like, have at it. <laughs> and well, I'd be like, have at it. Like, and that I'm is, not join us. But I think I think you speak to a collective belief that like one voice doesn't matter. And what, if anything, we've seen over your last 20 years of work, one voice matters greatly. And what the, if they were the cheer, the cheer, where do the cheerleaders, they have the big the megaphones. Like, he's showing me, he's showing me that you're on the table and he's like, you're not going to, everyone's going to hear it, but you have the megaphone. And it's like, one voice can be heard through the megaphone. And I think if our listeners 
can take that away, that your voice matters, each of our voice matters, and to speak up, even when it's scary, even when it's coming from grief or like, I don't want to do this. And like, I've had moments where my heart's pounding and I'm about to say something that I know the room needs to hear. And I wish it wasn't me delivering that message. But if I don't, it won't get delivered. Yeah. And I always like, I have come to realize that fear doesn't go away. It's just having the courage to say and do it regardless of the fear. Right. And so I look back to, you know, after Wood died, and I think the Patan was actually a really good, you know, description. Yeah. Because I almost feel like when he like left the world, boom, he's like, oh, here you go even though I didn't at the time understand it, but I do. And this is where like all of this stuff, my own personal growth over the last 20 years, because I have now been without him physically longer uh, than I was with him. Mm -hmm. And I remember like just right afterwards, you know, Wood died. And sometimes you have to almost hit rock bottom for something to like, you know, take you on a different path. And Mm -hmm. obviously getting that phone call that Woody took his own life, which made no sense at all, like jump tracked, you know, the train on a different, like you are no longer on that life. But I remember just days after Wood died and I was like sitting in the basement of our house. And I was just like, literally, if I, you you could see um, my fingernails scraping at my heart. Like I just wanted to rip my heart out. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, because it was real, like heartaches real. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if and it's I ever- a physical sensation. It's a physical, yeah. It's, it's a somatic experience. Yeah. And I think like that's something that, like you don't really, I'm, you know, I don't know if I ever thought about it, but I was just like, oh my God, just take. And I kept praying over and over saying this prayer, God, take my prayer, or, you know, I'd pray to God, take my pain and use it. It does me no good. And I just was like, and it was like a mantra in a way, like take this pain and use it. It does. Cause I just wanted this to go away. Like I was, I mean, that's why I was clawing it because I wanted my heart to stop hurting. And so little did I know just even that mantra was something and that prayer of taking the pain. But I've also, you know, I don't think initially I understood it, but through a lot of, you know, doing body work and stuff like that. I also realized that trauma gets stuck in your body. Indeed. And and I had all, you know, I had an experience that was probably months after Wood died. I had, was curious. I had just started doing yoga and I had somebody at the the agency that I worked at that was doing something called rolfing yep. and it wasn't throwing up. That was what I thought Rolfing Rolfing's <laughs> structural integration work that helps people have better posture and energetic flow. And it comes from Ida Rolf, Dr. Ida Rolf, if you're curious about it and want to learn more. And yeah, it was fascinating. It's a 10 series. A 10 series. Yep. And it's pulling it can... the Maya fascia. Um, mm-hmm. And so anyways, I knew nothing about it, but I was curious and open is really what I was. And so they were pulling on my feet and they get to session six, you know, whatever, which is all about the diaphragm. Yep. And literally, so she's working on me and pulling, you know, doing whatever structural work or, you know, massage. And I start bawling, bawling, like uncontrollably bawling on the table. And she had to let me, it was for like two hours. And, you know, of course the session was over like an hour ago, but it it literally didn't stop. Like I couldn't stop it. It was just flowing. And I was like, 
what is that? And I was like, oh my God, how much stuff have I had in my body and trauma and grief and not just grief from Woody, but like holding myself back. Yeah. Yeah, Like all of this stuck. And so that was really the first time that I ever, you asked. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, I mean, you ask, but it's also like what I find like, and get curious. Totally. And what I find and get curious about is like these undigested traumas that everyone has are way, if we don't, digest them and transform them and release them, it will keep getting triggered and we'll keep acting out of that space of what happened to us then that is like, you know, it's not in our conscious awareness in the present moment, but it happened to us then and it's uh, impacting our response. Like, so I might be unaware that I'm being triggered from something that happened to me 20 years ago or a lifetime ago, but if I can digest and heal it and release it, and transform it into wisdom and action, which you have. I've got a good one. It just yeah. happened to me this weekend. So we had oh. art on the edge and it was brilliant. Like I'm so excited about it. And we had a chalk mandala mm-hmm. and Sandy Forsyth from Chalk Unity did it. And it was 20, 20 feet, like in the middle of the street. And it, I just looked at it at the end and I was like, I'm, I'm estranged from my parents and other show. Um, <laughs> And I just looked at the mandala and I looked at all the people on the street and I was like, in some universe, my parents are proud of me. hundred percent. Yeah. And I took a picture of the mandala. I put it up on our social media and I, and the song that my mom is really big into music and the song that she played when I came home from the hospital, it was Stevie wonders. Isn't she lovely? Hmm. So I overlaid isn't she lovely? Beautiful. On the picture of the mandala. Yeah. And that felt crying tears. Like, right. So then the, so Saturday night I was like, I'm sitting out, I'm sitting on her deck looking at everything. And I just, I found it on Spotify and I played, isn't she lovely? And I just put my phone down and I just counted to three and I just sobbed, sobbed during yeah. the whole entire song. And then when I was done, I was like, thank you. Yeah. And I just had gratitude for it. And I again, work in progress on <laughs> every level. But you're illustrating another way. Like there are many ways for us to reintegrate those parts of ourselves that we lose in trauma or right. that get stuck in trauma. Yeah, right. Those or ages the, and stages that get stuck in trauma. Or, and it's a trauma. Or the fact loop. that like crying isn't cleansing. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not a crier either. I'm not a crier. I'm not, a crier. I'm not either. But it, I've always tried I'm, to hold it oh, back. Yeah. But then how much of that is actually to suppression of our culture or our collective of keeping us not free? Like, like cry, like crying actually is a very cleansing ritual when we can access it. I mean, I hundred percent. So when you were just saying like crying or like being the single voice, thinking you don't have a voice, all of that is actually some of the, the lessons or the gifts that I've discovered like through this time because crying, like, I, I mean, I think I always cried. I mean, I like, I'm pretty sensitive, but I didn't know how to cry. Like I cried to my cat, like mm. growing up, like my cats, like even Woody, will, like he was like, you are bringing my cat came to the wedding to have a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, your cat did? Yeah. Well, my that pa- then like, became Woody's up, cat. No, he oh. like, no, he did You're- not. He was like, what the cat? Snookers I'm sorry, here? but I've never heard of a cat at a wedding, but good for you. Like, no, right? my like, sister, you, you. like somebody was like, oh, because I loved my cat. Yeah. And so, but it was a cat I grew up with. And so I, that cat, it's because a cat 
knew my deepest because I cried to my cat like that cat knew more about that cat held your yeah like and nobody else like so my you know now that I'm a little bit more open and Woody I think cracked me open um you know the death of of him and so my I tell my parents and they're like what we never knew I'm like yeah because you never asked and like Mm -hmm. we didn't have one of those families that was like you know because everybody, you know, the Norwegian, however we came in, people just, they weren't like, oh, stoic. Yeah, stoic. You didn't talk. You kept it in. And, you know, on the one hand, that served me well. In in my advocacy, I learned it, it served me well that I could hold my, you know, my shit together, basically. Um, and I could, and I didn't cry. And I was like, I had a strong voice. But then I would come home and I would fall apart. And, and I think, and that's how I've also learned to reframe and be happy that for the way I grew up when sometimes in the past I might've said, oh, I wish I had different, you know, different way I grew up is that actually was a gift that I don't think I recognized at the time, but it's why I could do what I did in advocacy. But then I also had to learn how to actually the the personal the soul my soul that needed to heal i had to actually do the work and not push it away or like swallow it and be afraid of it and so those are some of the things that i can now 20 years later you know really look back and say wow through the most painful time of my life uh, and the most painful experience, Woody gave me life. Totally. I feel like Woody is sitting here energetically with us. Yeah. And like crossing one leg over a knee and like nodding his head at you. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, it's like beautiful. He's like witnessing your brilliance. And and it's funny. So I'll like get all teary. But, you know, I think about um, how Woody lived his life that I was not there. Like he was probably one of my greatest teachers, even just the way he was like, I'll never judge my life based on how much money I make or my career. It'll be family, friends and leaving the world a better place. I'm like, what? You don't want you. And he goes, no, don't you ever appreciate what you have right now? doesn't mean you don't want anything, but do you appreciate what you have right now? And all these little things that I can hear him, but I didn't. And I always go, God, I wish I would have been the person I am today, but I'm only the person I am today because of that like horrific experience um, that I now, like last week I came into my house and I'm in a smaller place than what I've had before. And I walked in and I, like every time I go into my house, it just makes me happy Mm. because it's just one of those places. But last weekend I came home and I was like, I literally sat down kind of like you said and just cried, but I wasn't sad. I was just cried and because I had was super overwhelmed with like, I just love my place. Like my place. Love your home. It just feels safe. And I was like, this is what Woody must have felt. For sure. And I love this Beyonce song, I Was Here, that you're using to honor Woody with these last few shows as you mark your 20th anniversary. Because he definitely was here, is here, continues to be here and be a presence of love for you and so many that you whose lives you touch. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth and Kelly Wagner and Kim Witzick. 
If stress, pain, or fatigue are part of your life, then consider that your pain and tension may be indicators of what's amiss in your life, and it's time for a new perspective. At Resolve Pain Guru, we're here to help you reconnect with yourself, release tension and pain, move better, and sleep better so that you can do more of what you love. You have the power to take control of your healing journey with our online six-week Change Your Pain course. Learn somatic practices to tap into the wisdom of your body and then learn to trust your intuition. Challenge your thinking and embark on a transformative journey with Resolve Pain Guru as your guide, unlocking infinite rewards along the way. Experience the life-changing benefits of somatic practices at ResolvePainGuru.com. Register for our six-week Pain Relief Starter Series and start your journey to a pain-free life of joy. That's ResolvePainGuru.com. ResolvePainGuru.com. At the School for Higher Consciousness, we are committed to raising the level of consciousness on the planet by educating and empowering people to grow, evolve, and live well. We are dedicated to supporting people through this critical time on the planet. Our classes provide a path that deeply connects you to your inner power and higher levels of consciousness. We inspire, teach, and empower people to develop the skills and practices needed to energetically heal, grow, and connect more fully to their life purpose. Learn more at schoolforhigherconsciousness.com, schoolforhigherconsciousness.com. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, and we're in studio with Kelly Wagner and Kim Witzek, and they're making fun of me for knowing what Rolfing is, but I actually, I know a lot of Rolfers because of Source Point Therapy, which is the complement modality to Rolfing, and it was from the ancient Egypt time period that that information came forward and continues to come forward. So anyway, I can geek out on that with you at another time because Kelly's giving me a one eyebrow <laughs> up look. But Kelly actually had something that we made her hold on break that I want her to bring forward. So he's saying that he couldn't have done it the way that you're doing it. Woody. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Well, it's Kelly channels. So uh, anyway, he just was like, he had to kind of prep you so you could do it. He knew that it wasn't going to be him, but it is him, but it's you. It's through you. It's like through that. He's just like, and you get to do it in a way that um, people are listening to you in a different way than they would have listened to him. And he had to, um, I don't, uh, word inspire is wrong, but he had to plant the seeds with you. And he had to, it was almost like he was like your little um, coach to be able to get that going. He's showing me like a contract, like you, uh, you know, before you came in this lifetime with your counsel, like there was a contract and, you know, I wish the contract could have been a little bit different so that Woody could be here to physically in this realm, enjoy that, even though he's very energetically present um, consistently with you. I think that's also why he was so into the present because he knew on a soul level that he wasn't going to be here terribly long, like in the present form. And I think if you look back at his life, he probably lived it in a different way because he subconsciously knew that, there was going to be a ripcord pulled very early on. And I think our soul always makes that choice of how long we stay in a lifetime. And once we've learned whatever lessons we've come to learn, we have exits, points of exit. Yeah. And it's funny. I don't, you know, I remember when I first heard that, you know, that idea of like, you had a contract or even like Woody saying, you know, I, 
I wouldn't have done it this way. Like his way, but he always did live this way. Like when people are like, oh, when he's like, don't, don't throw my ashes in the, um, in the, or don't put me in the ground, put, you know, I want it back into nature. And, and people are like, what? Like, when did he do th say that? I'm like, I don't know. He's always said this. Like, he's always been like this full of life. Like you felt his energy and when he walked in and you'd be like, uh, kind of scared. But you know, the reality is he always would say to me, cause I'd be like, he goes, you could be doing so much more than advertising, Kim. You could be doing so much more. And yet that advertising background is so crucial for yeah, what you do but it, and I marketing. Needed it. You but needed it, it. Right. But then also you gave, you gave me what I was supposed to be doing. Like, even though we'd always like try to find a business that I was going to do like, you know, um, these fragrance sticks or something fun that would be like fun. <laughs> I'd be like, what do you think about this? What do you think about mosaics? And he's like, no, but like he planted, I love that idea of planting seeds. And I also think about when I look back right after Woody died, I went to my nurse practitioner doctor and she said, do you think you need something, you know, through this grief, right? And I looked at her and I go, well, I think it's what killed my husband. This, you know, and she was basically the asking if I wanted an antidepressant. And then I said, but aren't I supposed to hurt? Like my husband mm -hmm. died. And she goes, well, you don't need to. Mm. And I thought about that. There a are lot. no, there are no shortcuts. No, no shortcuts. Exactly. And I think that is what I have learned through this is this has been a process and I might've been slower than some, or, you know, you could, you could, I could have taken an antidepressant to numb my, the, the pain and the feeling of it. And I probably found my own ways of numbing the pain clearly. Cause I think, you know, my advocacy was focused, but it was a distraction. I dated somebody like there were other ways that I figured out how to numb my heart that I didn't want to hurt. But I think ultimately the only way you get to the other side is you have to go through the dark, dark tunnel of the night. Mm -hmm. And darkness actually can be very healing. Yeah. In that way. Like if you have the courage and the resource and resilience and support to go into that dark night of the soul and come out, it can transform like no other. Like no one can take that earned experience away and it can feel like it has for you so much yeah i mean i think about right after somebody said oh you should go to a suicide support group and i remember going one time and i was like literally every part of my body it was like this is not the place that is going to offer you support right mm -hmm. so i ended up going to a grief group at church and I remember like this really bad video, uh, just because I'm in production, I was like, oh, it was a horrible, you know, production value. <laughs> you but, have an eye for it. <laughs> yeah. But I remember it was this train running through um, the mountain mm -hmm. and it talked about how grief is not something you can go above, beyond, you know, down below, you have to go through it. And it was like this dark tunnel, this um, visual. And then you saw like a little pinhole of light at the very end. And then as you got a little closer and a little closer, became more and more until you got through. But I always like look and think back to that as and I held on to that visual because I think it has been dark. Um, and I also, you know, love butterflies. And I think about butterflies and how do they come to the other side? Butterflies don't, don't turn out to be a butterfly. They've had to be in this dark, you know, the, the cocoon 
and that and there's growth that's still happening, mm-hmm. even though we don't see it. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine if I numbed it in a way that I didn't allow this pain. And I do think that it eventually came out because you can't run away from it forever as much as you try to numb something. It's it true. eventually like it manifests open. in different ways. Yeah. And I think even seeds to go back to Kelly's analogy from Woody earlier in the show, like seeds must be in the depth and the dark dirt mm. and the nutrients, right? And a lot of times, at least in winter in Minnesota, it's like, is anything happening? Like I read the trees are barren, but it's all that growth that's underground that comes forward in the spring. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice. Mm. Mm. Okay, now where do we go? Well, where? What's what he wanting? Hmm. He's thoroughly enjoying our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he agrees. I think that the advocacy work, when overdone, and the dating time period you went through, prevented some of that. Like you know, was distraction or coping mechanisms? Yeah. That you had to learn the right balance from. Well, a hundred percent. I think. You know, the funny thing is I went, got into a relationship pretty quick after Woody died uh, with his business partner. And, oh, that's not complicated at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I did, I, but I literally, but I literally didn't meet him until like a month before. Well, probably there was, but 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 it's also very natural because you both probably had a great love for Woody. And I never really knew him other than a month before he just had gone through a divorce and I was, and I knew the other business partner and his wife. So the three of us were at dinner and I was like, oh, he's really like, he's great. We should like introduce him to somebody that we know. This is what I, you know, like, so Woody actually introduced us like. Um, otherwise I wouldn't have known him. It was like a month before, but so it just naturally happened and it was great. Like he was, you know, it was great because I didn't have to, it was somebody who knew my situation. I didn't have to like, because originally what I wanted to do was I want to move to, remember I went to my grief counselor and she's, I wanted to move to California and she said, well, why do you want to do that? Like Kim, don't you know, wherever you go, there you are. Meaning I want to, again, I kept saying, I just want to move where nobody knows what happened to me and nobody knows me. I just want to like start all over. I don't want anybody to know. And she goes, wherever you go, there you are. Hmm. And I remember that it was nice and familiar to have somebody who I didn't need to explain what happened, saw it, they were there, you know, whatever. And it went on for a long time, um, actually longer in a position or in a relationship longer than I was with Woody, Hmm. uh, 14 years. Wow. And it ended and it ended pretty brutally. Um, but I was super close with the family, but it ended and said, just didn't want the relationship anymore. And I kind of feel like Woody was probably on the other side. And I'm sure if he was here, he'd be like, yeah, we were trying to end it a way longer. You just weren't listening. I didn't want to, I didn't want, I was too afraid to be alone. And I'm being really honest with myself. Mm -hmm. I was too afraid of being alone and I was afraid to go there and it ended. And that's really where I think the last five years have been about me learning to learn to love myself and to be safe by myself and I'm not needing somebody to fill that space, which was another part of, I think, my soul growth in this, but I was afraid to be alone. That's 
beautifully said. And to not take the shortcut, what your doctor was offering you, that's takes a lot of courage. Cause I'm sure. I can't believe you didn't go to the doctor and just go, Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> are you but they were doing what they thought that, that they were, they, they thought they were doing the best for you and giving you a tool in the toolbox. And you're just like, wait a sec. Yeah, they were. I mean, that would have been the quick, easy thing was short term, short term. Right. But, you know, the reality is that short term fix, whether it happened then or it happened 14 years after. And I had this really painful, like the type of breakup it was. It literally was never talked to him again as if it was recreating what happened Woody's to Woody. death. Yeah. Like and, re-triggering that. Yeah. And almost it needed to create that kind of environment to go back to my scars that I didn't actually deal with back then. And then to have him like eight months later, get married. So that's another whole story, but it was, it needed to have happened because I needed to go back and do what I never did. And so this is what I say with grief and you can numb it and hide it, hide it and run from it. But ultimately sometime it will come out and it's our opportunity to actually take a step back and it was really painful but what it really was was an opportunity for me to like take a step back and say oh kim you are not dating and you just ran into something like you didn't even you ignored every part of you that was speaking to you that something wasn't right because you were afraid to be alone hmm. and you were afraid to be alone and i keep saying that because i think that was something of, for me, was learning to have to know that and trust myself enough when, because even I've had to do that many times, but I think that was part of another. That's part, part of your soul. sovereignty yeah, and like, part of like your soul growth. Yeah. And how many people, I mean, I've had moments where I'm afraid to be alone and it's more recent that I've and, you know, the last decade where I've really enjoyed my own company more and more and more. And How more. long have you been married? Uh, 23 years. And how, how long have you been together? Um, 27. Very similar. Really? Very. Yeah. I, I was a little girl last time. I was alone. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, there I was in my parents' house. And then I'm, I met my amazing husband. And you've been with him. And been time. with him ever since we were in college. So mm -hmm. it's, I, I haven't, it, yeah. I haven't been alone in the way that you've experienced being alone. But, I get a weekend here and there, but that's. Well, and that's where I've always thought I was independent. Right. But the reality is when I was, I, Woody was my first boyfriend. And so literally I had not been alone. Like I was a little kid, like really young, you know, early twenties. When you met, when we met, that that was really at the, I mean, that's where that, that time period. So I had to learn and do something that I, you know, didn't do back here because I got married and my life turned out the way it was supposed to, but I didn't do the things that I needed to do to really come to myself. And now I have, and I'm like, whoa, this is like actually now it's a different point of if to be in a relationship, it's not about running away from or numbing. It's about 
are you going to add to and is it the right thing and and it's about balance how do these things all work together and not just throw myself all over here because that wasn't you know it worked at the time but you're starting to learn this whole thing so i guess it always comes back to like kind of being curious about just even how your own life works and yeah whatnot. and what what supports you and what you can get on a third date now oh where you can be like okay let's throw this down yep what do you feel about boop, 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 boop? And you could know, and you don't, you, you would, I'm, I'm assuming that you you don't need to carry on seeing someone unless you like really I would, have. Put it this animal. way, I would not waste 14 years of my life. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> She's learned that lesson. I Shack. learned that lesson. I'm like, I got this one. Okay. <laughs> a final, a final message from Woody that uh, might want to come forward before Kim shares how we can connect with her more. You know, this just sounds really general. And I always say this, but just love to you. You're never, and he's like, you're never alone, my love. Like you're never, you're never alone. Um, he's like, it might kind of feel like that, but you're never alone. So proud of you. Um, you're supposed to go to Nordstrom and get Birkenstock. <laughs> Birkenstock. Shopping with you. So like this show is brought to you by Birkenstock. Exactly. Like, right. But just in, like, the, in the previous yeah. show. Yeah. And you're going to find the pair and you're going to just see them and you're going to be like, they're perfect. Bam. <laughs> How can we connect with you? Oh, yes. uh, you can find me at kimwitzak.com or at Woody Matters or follow my Substack at Acceptable Collateral Damage. Excellent. Thank you so much, Kim Witzak, for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your heartfelt soul growth spiritual journey with us. I know we've only touched the iceberg on that. And thank you, Kelly Wagner from the Being Curious Show for being on with me. This is Elizabeth from Exploring Sovereignty, discovering pathways to set yourself free. I'm Elizabeth Sullivan, owner of Soma Soul Sovereignty. I teach people to transform and heal their bodies, minds, and spirits and manifest higher consciousness. My hope with Soma Soul Sovereignty is that you open up to the power to heal yourself. We believe the power to heal is within each of us. It supports us coming home to ourselves and our authenticity. The alchemy of Soma Yoga, Ayurveda, energy medicine, and multidimensional healing is a synergistic approach that supports this self-healing state within and around us. It is filled with common sense and a deep understanding of the beauty for life and consciousness. It reminds us that our true divine nature is light aligned with love, and when we orientate toward it, much releases, heals, and transforms. Experience the power and freedom within and ways to support your body, mind, and spirit being unified. Soma Soul Sovereignty, awaken to your light within. For more information, visit elizabethsullivan.love or somasoulsovereignty.com. That's somasoulsovereignty.com. At some point, we've probably all felt a little stuck in a rut when it comes to our health, whether it's something physical, digestive, or emotional. This is Dr. Erica Way with Beyond Chiropractic. I'm a holistic practitioner that will take the time to help you transform so you can manifest your optimal life. Don't let unresolved issues hold you back. Come to Beyond Chiropractic in Oakdale and discover the answers your health deserves. Book an appointment today at beyondchiropractic.com. I want to leave my footprints on the sands of time. No, there was something that and something that we I are left in studio at Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth with guest co-host Kelly Wagner from the Being Curious show. Oh. And we have 
Kim Witzek here in studio with us, a leading global drug safety advocate, as well as a portfolio of work in advertising and marketing. And um, speaking of Birkenstock sponsorship, uh, Kim was started to share with us towards the end there that there are many ways we can numb out of our grief. And, you know, it can be we take drugs to suppress it. Eventually it will come out somatically or physically or emotionally or mentally somehow um, can be dating. And then you started to share with us. Oh yeah. This is a funny one. You talked about Nordstrom's and it was one of my numbing things. So it was maybe like three months after Wood died. It was a Saturday and I finally felt good enough or up to going shopping at Nordstrom. And so I went shopping in the shoes and I love shoes and usually heels. But (laughs) so I went and I was in the shoe department and of course they have great shoes. And I had somebody, the sales guy that was paying attention and bringing shoes. And I just think that shoes are like sculptures and like art. And so I was trying them all on and I don't know, somehow I bought 10 pairs of shoes. (laughs) I came home. So I, and I felt great. Yeah, shop, shopping it. can be therapeutic yeah, or unnumbing. I mm-hmm. felt great. Then I got home. The next morning I woke up and I had all my shoes sitting in the living room. I'm like, what? What is this? Like, why? Like, And so I actually had to ask myself, why? You know, what did I do? And I know exactly why I did it. What? Why? Tell us. Because it made me feel good. It made me not feel the sadness. It was just that glimpse of hope. And that my life is going to be all right. Like there were a lot of things when I actually sat and looked at why I did it. I'm like, guess what? You're going back and you're returning all your shoes, but one. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yes. And it was super embarrassing. Like half of that was like, uh, I kind of made a little mistake, but I wasn't drunk. That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a little too much tequila. I'm like, um, this was called, I mean, it was horrible to like, yeah, I just decided like overnight that nine pairs didn't fit, but I know it was like kind of embarrassing and that was kind of my lesson as well. <laughs> Woody was just showing me your feet and he says he likes your feet and like you've, you'd put the shoes on and you felt pretty and you felt they looked cute and they, it, you were like, oh, and you were like there, like, it's just like you, you put those shoes on polished. and like polished, like it just, um, they make your outfit and you know what, this is really funny. So shoes have always been a part of like even my advocacy. So I would go and we'd I'm be sorry. Out. How did you figure out how to thread shoes into your advocacy? Oh, I had, I, I figured I it out. Okay. <laughs> I figured it out. So we were like out and I say, we, my brother-in-law who's married to my sister, we were out in DC getting ready for a big press conference. And I had just gotten these great pair of shoes that like wrap up and they had like orange and like leopard on the bottom, on the heel. And I go, Eric, should I wear these shoes or these shoes? Of course, my sister who care less about shoes, but Eric was like, no, you are not wearing those shoes, the ones that I wanted to wear that were super hot. He said, you have to wear the other ones because I need people to listen to what your words are and not walking up there and checking out your shoes that you have on because they were statement shoes. And I always love statement shoes. (laughs) (laughs) So did you wear the 
No, I wore the boring DC appropriate shoes, but I really <laughs> wanted to wear my statement shoes. And you said you should have worn the statement shoes. <laughs> you go, girl. Do you ever wear the statement shoes? With now your current, I do. So now I work? do. Now that you have a name and a platform and a yeah. Now it's not even having a name or even a platform. It's like I feel like I've come into good. myself and, and sure. Like, it's part of it's me. It's a sovereign. It's a yeah, sovereign. Like thing. it's part of me now. Like I like that, and I like you know. It's just one of my things that. I've always, you know, there are many, there are many pathways to sovereignty. It can be shoes statements. (laughs) So anyways, like in her shoes, if you remember that movie and it was just that that was the the piece that it made her feel good. And so there was something. So when you just said that it was where like, that's years old, but I've always loved shoes. So now I own it and I wear the shoes that I want to wear and it's part of my, who I am. And I'm not going to hide who I am. He's showing me the um, Superman cape. It's kind of like your little Superman cape. I don't know what that means, but it's just like, it's like your little Superman cape. It's like Like your your signature. Yeah. You know, what's funny. I am just reading. It's so crazy. I'm just. (laughs) Or not. Or not. Or not. That's what I always say. I love when people do that to me, by the way. It's all good. I totally embrace it. It's so crazy. Or not. Uh, so I'm reading a really great book. I just finished The Alter Ego. And it's a book about like when you go into those places where you're afraid to, you know, that you may not, you might get in your head and it stops you from being the, the your greatness or your, you know, a lot of times it's athletes, they get into their head too much. And it's like creating an alter ego, something like Beyonce, which is interesting that's Beyonce playing, that she used to be um, Sasha Fierce is how she had to get into, because she grew up playing and singing in church. And so she had to get create an alter ego that she could get out of that mindset of her, the attachments of who she, you know, was or told herself or was told that she was to get out of her head. So I- Wait, been, so she became Sasha Fierce when she started singing pop music? Yeah, pop music. So that was her like, Alter Sasha Fierce took the stage. Yes, and Sasha those Fierce. are so, those are those are the shoes that she would that, wear. Yes, how she would do her hair, and it was like it's almost like that. I don't want to say cape. it's a it's it's the cape it's to the get protection. out of the mindset of I'm right. a church or, singer. Yeah, or just all the stories that have been told to you, or like it's your it's power like a mask, or it's like a yeah, protection. sure. It's and it's also something that I like the shoes. It's my cape. Like if it's your cape of you put on because it you know gives you that little bit of. It's a symbol to remind ourselves what our potential and who we really are. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So anyway, so I got it to has me in. thinking about what, what what are those signatures for each of us? Ooh. Mm. I have a story, but I'm not sharing it on air. So there. <laughs> it's a good one too. It'd be good radio, but no, another, I'm not ready an- for that one. Another time. Another time. And Fair. it's not, and it's not in all parts. It could be like no. just, you know, whatever fields of play that you're in. But I liked it for a, something that owns, and so it's just more interesting that you picked up on the cape because that is something that I was thinking. Like, what is my piece that just makes me feel good, or like when I, especially when I have to do and know that I'm going up against big powers of like you can still go up against big powers and have, and remember that just because you're one person and you, and, you know, especially for me, I've had to like 
overcome a lot of that. I'm just one person. I'm one. I'm, this isn't who I am. I don't stir the pot, but it's that piece of me that reminds me of who I really am. And if it means it's a great pair of shoes, then it's a great pair of shoes. But I think it, it was my reminder that we all have the ability to do this. And I remember share, you shared an episode the first time you were on the show that uh, Woody loved his running shoes. And it's like an interesting parallel. Ah, that is, I, yeah. He, like how many miles were on his shoes and the treads and all of that. And, you know. Uh, we have shoes. Shoes that have, I love that we brought shoes into this. <laughs> Again, today's show is brought to you by Birkenstock. I know. <laughs> and, Nordstrom. and Nordstrom. And Nordstrom. <laughs> well, we're just helping with the sponsors. There we all. go. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's always, I feel like it's one that when we say this, like truth, and it's just like that. <sighs> it is. It's that big, pause. beautiful pause and exhale. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. Well, and I think you're really highlighting that mind body spirit connection like we can't i've found through my own direct experience the mind needs to be a friend with the body and the spirit and it can't be one of them out of sync right that finding ways to unify the mind body spirit and sometimes that's even by not using separate words for it like the greeks have the idea of soma s-o-m-a uh, which is why that's in like my Soma Soul Sovereignty name is like that un and, and it also means many other things in Sanskrit, like moonlight and calm and nectar and but how do you unify so that the body, mind, and spirit aren't separate or aren't at odds with one another? And I think grief can make you feel like those things are at odds with one another when it's not well nourished or supported and our collective maybe doesn't do the best job at embracing grief, right? And taking time for grief because it is, it takes time. It takes energy. <laughs> it takes slowing down and not just back on the horse again. What would you recommend to anybody just in your own personal experiences that they've gone through something like you have and just if you were able to go give yourself after Woody transitioned and you were able to just sit down and have coffee with yourself and just say, okay, what advice would you give yourself? First of all, I think the first thing I would say is breathe and you're going to be okay. You will be okay. And I think that was the biggest thing I thought at first, like, I will never laugh again. I will never love again. I will like my life, this is over. And so I think, to remind myself I will be okay. And to also re remind myself that going through the darkness is the way we were never promised an easy life, right? Mm -hmm. Like that life was not going to always be, you know, roses and stuff. And so like, that's an illusion. So that instead of being afraid of those dark times and the things that scare you, realize that they're actually, they're, you can use them and help develop and that you're on a soul journey as well, that we're not just these physical beings, that we're actually souls having a physical experience, that the all of it has to come together. And I think the biggest thing is 
don't numb and be willing to ask the questions, but support yourself around and be around loving people who will hold space. And for me, my faith was a really big part of, of it. And I think that's that, you know, soul to spirit connection that, that you will be okay. Nice. I just kept wanting to ask you that question this whole entire segment of just. I'm so glad. Going back and just, right? Yeah. Because it's, you no, know, you didn't sign up for an easy one. It's, it's just not. It, I, I see like, check, check, check. You like all these things that you signed up for this one. And it's just powerful. And, and, and. Okay. Thank you. Um, what he's saying is he got the, he got the, oh gosh. Oh, oh, this is, this is. Yes. He's like, I got the luxury of being able to support you in the human and on the other side. And mm. not every, not every soul gets to do that in gets such a beautiful way in one lifetime. So he got to do both with you. That's flipping awesome. Yeah, I was Sorry, say, I came from my mouth, I, but it didn't. Like, no, I was going to say like that actually gave me chills because I don't know how many people, I feel really blessed in a horrible, you know, like experience that I actually do feel super connected. Like I've got, yes, I got on this side and probably learned lessons that I wish I would have been a slightly, you know, different person. But I also now I have them on the other side where I feel like I've like a sandwiched mm. between and um, that's actually a really beautiful way of looking at it. So thank you for sharing. I, I, I just was the one with the words that just, well, and I go ahead. No, I just, I, I can't take credit for any of that. It, and that's why I had to like, okay, thanks. Because it was the way it was being described to me was this, this beautiful gift on how we got to be partners in crime on totally different levels. And it was very clear. He's like partners in crime. And he's very much like you guys are still partners in crime. Well, and I think also it, helps remind people who may be listening that even if someone you love very deeply has transitioned, they can still be a spirit guide, can be connected and supporting you in this lifetime. And I think I'm so glad that I had that experience from the first time after, you know, Woody died with the floating Bible out when we were throwing his ashes out in the middle of the Lake Michigan, that it was almost like a sign that I'm here, like, I'm here, Kim. Don't. And, and I feel like, you know, I've met other people who've lost kids, families. And when we're open, I think that veil and I think, and I think, I don't know who to think about having this ability to see how thin that veil can actually be between this world and that world, that those signs are not like, I'm no, you know, I'm nobody special that, that I have, I'm the one that gets it. No, I think they're actually signs are everywhere if we look for them and it might be a bunch of butterflies it might be that that becomes your thing it might be that pennies there's always these pennies mm. dropping which is bizarre you know whatever it is I whatever feel that like, that communication yeah, symbol is look for, you. for it and and you're not av- alone definitely your advocacy work has definitely brought you into places and spaces of tender connection with people going through intense times so thank you for being open to doing your own work so you can support people doing theirs thank you for being a voice for many 
and encouraging others to use their voice. This is Exploring Sovereignty with Elizabeth, guest co-host Kelly Wagner from The Being Curious Show, Woo-hoo. and Kim Witzek. Thank you.